Welcome in to another edition of Keg Jams presented to you by Tavern Keg Sports. We are back. It's been a month hiatus, uh, but Shay Ken and I are back in the saddle. We're going to talk about summer headlines, state of Wisconsin. We're also going to talk, go through Packer OTA expectations. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft coming to Green Bay. Case to go, case not to go. We're going to talk about uh, just the summer music scene, what to expect, what you should be looking out for, things to keep in mind. And lastly, little we got Shan's opinions on the Milwaukee Bucks coaches. He'll make his, his rankings, as I did yesterday. Loaded show. Shaken, how you doing, man? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a month, which is crazy. I didn't realize it's been that long. Uh, I, uh, truth be told, I was thinking about getting it back going. So I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to do this. What's what's been? What's the latest? How's it going? Good, man. Um, you know, I think the last time we chatted, the the Bucks were still kind of in the race. Um, it was pre pre draft. Um, unfortunately, we don't have you know Bucks basketball to talk about this late in the year, but. Um, you know, had at least a, an exciting start to the Brewers have kind of cooled off as of late. Um, and I actually don't mind the, uh, you know, not having the, the bucks to, to lose sleep over and, and stress about every, every other night, you know, with the playoffs. Cause man, last two years have, have certainly taken a toll, but, um, yeah, excited to be chatting. Um, Wisconsin summers are beautiful in Milwaukee. There's a lot to celebrate, a lot, uh, a lot of good music coming, which we'll talk about. And some exciting stuff on the horizon. So, yeah, let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, and, and before we get going, uh, obviously you're on the socials, Shaken underscore. And, and you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well as Facebook to find out where he's going to be playing. He will be playing starting tonight. Uh, or no, tomorrow night, excuse me, Thursday. And yep. uh, where and you'll be basically taking us through Memorial Day weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So to uh, Thursday, uh, haven't played Lucid um, in a while, but they just kind of kicked off their uh, their Thursday nights. Um, so that'll be fun. It'll be a you know kind of different different energy for a Thursday night. Um, you know, there hasn't been kind of that energy in the city for for a Thursday night in a long time. It used to be one of the you know bigger nights, um, one of the bigger like industry nights. So I'm excited to play there. It's probably one of my favorite venues just from a you know, aesthetic, uh, sound perspective. Um, then Friday at, at one of my kind of normal residencies at Revel in, in Bayview. And then, uh, yeah, Saturday at, uh, at the Sophie, another one of my kind of regular spots. So yeah, good, good, busy weekend. Um, hopefully if, if you're in town, feel free to stop out if you're enjoying it, um, somewhere else on a boat somewhere, you know, Kudos to you. Uh, you're doing better than us, but uh, I mean, li listen. I mean, you can come in, just do the boat in the afternoon, and then come visit you at at the Sophie or Revel. Yep. Um, I love Sophie. Uh, that is a tapping the keg approved spot. Um, I think we've talked about it before on the show. It's it's a really good one. Um, if you are like thinking about coming out, you haven't seen Shay Ken. Like that's a really good starter starter one and. Even if you're in more of my our age range, I shouldn't say my our age range in your 30s, it's you're not gonna feel like you're the creepy old guy or the creepy girl. Like you're just gonna you'll you'll be right in the mix with everybody else. And I think they do a really good job with that. And their bartenders are great. So I, I have nothing but good things to say 
basically I'm just saying if Sophie wants to wants to do a sponsorship, I can I can ad read all day for them. That's what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a it's a good spot, good vibe. Um we'll talk about it a little bit. You, you know, it's it's it doesn't have like the patio, um, or really the outdoor, which some of the other places do, but again, you're getting, you know, a little younger crowd with some of those spots as well. And um, you know, they do a really nice job and have a nice clientele. You talked about the bartenders. Um, and just from a music perspective, we kind of play everything, but it's a much more relaxed um vibe. And yeah, it's a it's fun. I love love playing there. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily yeah, for no doubt. And yeah, they you'll you'll get a little bit of the air maybe air conditioning too. It's in a basement. So you're maybe you yeah, know, yeah. it's it gets hot out there, you, you get a get a little bit reprieve. But yeah, we are talking about summer headlines in terms of what things are going to be discussed this summer. Um, whether it is in music, whether it is in sports, whether it is just in culture, things going on. This should be a big summer. Um, it is obviously known as the Bucks in the championship run. Uh, I agree with you. My May was absolutely packed for the last three weeks. I don't really know how I would have managed a Bucks playoff run. I talked about that on a few podcasts, but it would not have been good. Um, probably. I probably would have found myself in the doghouse more often than not. Uh, so maybe that's a good thing. But we don't have that, but we have a lot more. We're getting ready for probably the most ex- – I, I think you could make a case that maybe not the most exciting – football season, but one of the most unpredictable football seasons. And I, I think I mean that in like a happy way, not a like, oh man, I don't know what's going to happen. Doom and, I think there are Doom and Gloom Packer fans, but I think there is an unpredictability of, you know, not only the Packers, but also Badger, Badger football. And mm-hmm. I think that it'll be actually really exciting. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as say it's the most exciting. So yeah, that's all on the precipice. Um, but what is like the thing for you that sticks out in the summer Let's just let's start sports and 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 go from there. That that you're like, all right, that's that's the thing that I'm going to be paying the most attention to this summer. Yeah, um, I mean, from a you know from a, a sports perspective, I think even the last time we talked, the Aaron Rodgers trade had not happened. Oh um, yeah, it was uh, yeah right. Or it was you know it was right around that time. Um, and, and so we haven't had to go into a football season with the unknown. I think there's like you kind of have butterflies in like a good way, you know, just with, you know, the freshness, um, a new approach, um, you know, certainly new weapons, new team kind of everywhere. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an excited, you know, nervousness, if you will. Um, But, you know, for, for me, I was, I think I was, I was ready um, for the change. It'll be exciting. I'm sure we're going to have moments of, of, uh, nervousness and panic. And, you know, there's certainly going to be games where I'm sure we'll all think, you know, was this the right move? Is, is Jordan love the guy, or are we going to be the, in the, in the sweepstakes for Caleb, um, Williams next year? And so, um, you know, that's exciting. I think the growth of, you know, these Packers, just the kind of the growth of, of Christian Watson and what this really, really young offense, um, you know, it, can can do and, and what they're going to be able to show kind of in in OTAs and mini camps um, is exciting. And then you kind of have, you know, a, a very nervous energy of what this defense is going to look like. I think, you know, I think as far as, you know, the coaching, I, I, I might have mentioned this, you know, last year, I think the way that Joe Barry and the defense ended, I think he bought himself oh, yeah. the beginning of a year, meaning they weren't going to fire him mid-year. 
Um, he did enough towards the end of the year and you could kind of see it. And so I think that earned him. All right, we're going to start off 2024 with you, but should things go awry, you know, that, and I, I guess I say this because yeah. we, we didn't know at the time Rogers was going to be traded, but you know, I think if things go bad and you know, they're, they're two and six or they're three and five. And a lot of it has to do a lot with the defense. You know, is there a change to be made? I don't know. I think, I think, I to, think to there make is. a change. I, yeah, I just cut it just cut in real quick. Like I think just hearing Barry's comments last week where he just he already sounded red ass. He, he already knows, sounded yeah. like he was under pressure, under fire. And I, I think that he knows that. He feels that pressure. He's like, we gotta start right away. Like this is there's no lollygagging. And I think we all sort of learned our lesson last year about hyping up the defense, you know, in July and August. Like I think all of us are going to ask for like a big glass to settle down juice. If people are like, Oh, this defense defense. It's like, well, I think then we worry does this offense thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to, they're just going to be revolving doors of hype trains this summer for the green Bay Packers. I think there are, there's already a Jordan love one. I think name your favorite receiver, right. Uh, Don mm -hmm. Perry and Wicks today made a big 55 yard catch and Samari has been getting Samari so Torre, Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so like, I think that, you're going to have that, but I think you're right that there is a unpredictable nature that we just, we don't know what to expect. Yeah. I think that one of the other big things on the, the defensive side is, you know, who's, who's that other safety going to be right. Yeah. Um, You know, are we, are we assuming that Savage is one of them and he's starting and, and it's one of the guys that we signed. Um, I think so. You know, is it, you know, is it, that's what I think it'll probably ha will be, but it's still just, you know, there's still unpredictability on going in. What is what does the offensive line look like? You know, I haven't seen much on 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 really Bakhtiari and what his you know activity is going to be like at these OTAs. Um, you know, this week, but you know, where's does Yash Nyman fit into that? Where does Zach Tom fit into that? You know, where do they kind of pick and play with their guys on 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 the offensive line? Because obviously, that's going to have a, a huge effect on on the start of of Jordan Love's you know, true career as a starting quarterback for the Packers. So, um, there, yeah, a lot of exciting headlines. Um, yeah, again, just because of the unknown and, and we've gone into the past, whatever, however many years it was with Rogers knowing, you know, okay, we got this guy, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. And it's, you know, it's, it's the unknown, yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's it's exciting and scary kind of at the same time, but, but certainly fresh energy. Yeah, and I think with the safety part, I do think Jonathan Owens is probably going to get that chance. You know, mm -hmm. Mr. Simone Biles, yep. he, you know, he played every game for Houston. I realize that's yep. a bad defense, but similar principles to what uh, Joe Barry's doing uh, with Lovey Smith's cover too. Like, I think there will be – Jonathan Owens is probably going to get that first crack at it. I think Bakhtiari, I don't know if he's going to be at OTAs. He's been at other voluntary stuff this year already. Yeah. Uh, so – I don't think they're going to make any major moves. Maybe if a team who's desperate for a tackle calls the Green Bay Packers in August and says, we'll give you a third rounder for Josh Nyman. Maybe that's mm -hmm. something they do. I doubt that they would go and be into DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on a different team by the end of the, by the end of the summer. I don't think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers are pretty steadfast in that they're going young. Mm -hmm. I think there is an inherent risk to that. Um, I know they looked at uh, it was a Kike Kute. Kike Kute, yeah, yeah. Kike Kute. Kike Kute, yeah. It's a, it's a, that's a little tough one. But like, 
I, I just will be interesting to see sort of where sort of it all it all nets out. And yeah, yeah it's, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the idea of bringing in a veteran um, like a Jarvis Landry. I, I don't know that it's sure. going to happen, but you can't expect, you know, these guys are obviously on kind of the, the tail end of their careers. But you, you, you in, a, in a way, you don't have that veteran voice in in that receiver room mm-hmm. um and even a guy just to bring that even if you know he's not going to be you know playing the minutes and they you know they still want um you know they still want kind of the youth movement you still need a leader um somebody who can help kind of teach these guys and, and kind of bring them along bring them under their wing is that something Jarvis Lane wants to do probably not but um you know I wouldn't hate getting you know a, a veteran in for cheap um you know, to kind of help, help that room out. But um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a ton I, of, ton of excitement, especially just in the, in those receivers. I don't think the Packers are done in terms of roster building. I think June 1st is obviously a day where there's cuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you saw one with Denver today, cutting Brandon McManus. Like you're going to see more mm-hmm. of those this week um, upcoming. And I wonder if that will spring action for green Bay um, at some of the positions. Uh, moving, you know, to other topics, I, I, I think obviously we'll talk a little bit about the Bucks coach, but you know, the Bucks off season will be something people are closely watching. Will the Bucks run it back? Will the Bucks, you know, make a major move? Will they make a smaller move and keep their core together? Will they just get younger? Um, I think all of those questions linger, and all those questions are out there for the Milwaukee Bucks and what that what that might be. Um, is sort of that big summer splashy headline because they have the 50th pick in the draft. No one, no one's going to give a shit at that point. We're already, you know, you're not necessarily doing a podcast about the 50th pick in the, hmm. uh, the NBA draft. It's probably True. some foreign guy from God knows where. And so I, I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, that there is, there's some work to do. And I, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Can you sell, can you sell to the fan base a new coach plus bringing the whole team back? Or do you think there has to be some sort of change for the fan base to buy in? Uh, well, obviously we're going to get one of those with the coach. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the coach, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you have the coach, but then is the coach you bring, enough, you're saying, yes, sure. It, yeah. You phrased that way. Um, is the coach enough for the fans to be like, yeah, we're in man. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to kind of divulge too much of, of, you know, who I, I want as the coach, but, you know, I watch, I watch, you know, you touched upon Denver's roster, right. And some of the guys um, like Bruce Brown, who comes in at, at, you know, that's six, I think it was like 13 million um, was guaranteed. It was like six and a half, you know, a year, um, which when you look at it was, you know, I think you mentioned like the Joe Ingles contract, which I love Joe. Um but you know we didn't we didn't get any youth in this roster. We didn't get really any assets to trade. Um, they've they've got to be one of the oldest, if not the oldest, roster in the NBA. I I don't you'd have to fact check me there. But yeah, it's, it's you know, none of these guys are are getting younger, and, and that's something we don't have. And you know obviously with with what we had in in twenty twenty one and just kind of the past excuse twenty twenty and and the past few years. You know, I think I mentioned it on one of our last, maybe maybe not the last one, but, you know, I, I kind of brought up, like, have we seen, you know, the best of this big three and, you know, big yeah. four with Brooke? Um, I I don't think Giannis would ever endorse it, but, you know, I think from what we've heard, I think some of the Chris stuff, um, 
you know, bothered him uh, this year. And again, I don't think he would be openly, you know, admit that, but um, there seems to be suitors for Chris. I don't know that he's going to make the same that he would here, but um, you know, there's definitely people that, that would make a push for it. We've seen the trade rumors about Dame and, and all the kind of the other ones. Um, I, if we didn't run it back with these guys, I wouldn't be upset. Um, you know, good, good riddance to, to whoever you know, we, we lose. We, you know, if it is Chris, you know, we, we had some incredible years, won a championship, but I think as far as team construction, there needs to be a little bit of shakeup. And I think that, um, that has to come with obviously a new coach and kind of a new approach. Yeah. Uh, even like watching Mike Malone and how he uses Jokic, like there, I think there needs to be sure um, some, some usage of Giannis in the same way, just as, as a passer at the top of the key. It's, it's, Absolutely. it's really impressive what he can do. Giannis's passing is underrated. I, I don't think people talk enough about how good of a passer he is. I mean, remember that Miami game, you know, game that game three or, you know, game four, excuse me, where he was just passing like left and right because he was hurt. He couldn't mm-hmm. do all the things that he wanted to do. And it's like, you don't have to just show that off when you're hurt. But I think what I talked about yesterday about how like their, their offense clogs way too much and you need to just keep motion and keep moving guys around and having, yeah, that athleticism. I think, you know, a, the guy that I feel like has been the hottest name in the Bucks Twitter streets has been Anthony Simons mm-hmm. um, because the Portland trailblazers have basically said like, Hey, Simons and, a third, you know, the third overall pick could be there for, you know, an elite three guard. Now is, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is that Chris Middleton? I, I think that Chris Middleton can be that guy. I don't know if he still is that guy. I think 2021 Chris Middleton is that guy. I don't know mm-hmm. if 2023, 2024 Chris Middleton is that guy. So, and yeah. I don't know how the Blazers would feel. I think the Blazers would probably want somebody young, but I've said it before. I do think there are teams where you could sell the idea of veteran leadership. Uh, and I love Drew Holiday, but let's be clear. He has a a more affordable, easier contract to move. And if you're saying to Memphis, hey, look, you guys are a shit show. You play a system that all of our guys are familiar with. You need veteran leadership. Drew Holiday is mm-hmm. one of the most well-liked, well-respected guys. And just say, but what we need for Drew Holiday is Desmond Bain. And, you know, maybe there's other pieces in there too, but like, yeah. that's, that's the, that, and I think that's a real conversation that Memphis would need to have because they need a shakeup and the Bucks look like perfect bait for that. Or a team like Sacramento, that's very, very young, a team like Cleveland, that's very young. I don't really like trading inside your division inside, mm-hmm. you know, people you're competing with, but if that's how it has to be to get a, a, a supreme talent back to the Bucks, so be it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would hate to lose Drew, but, you know, we, we've seen it in, in, you know, certain series, obviously he was, he was really brutal in, in, in the net series again, you know, when we won the title um, ended up hitting some big shots, obviously he carried us for a lot of the years. All these guys have their moments you oh, know, yeah. throughout the year, throughout the playoffs. Um, but, you know, even just, just in the series against Miami, when, when him and Jimmy were going at it, you never see Drew get into it like that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that's just not Drew. I I, I saw that and I'm like, I, I just don't like this. And, uh, you know, obviously it, it ended up not going our way. But um, the Simons thing is, is interesting, um, especially if it is if it is Chris, because that makes your um, 
you know, your your guards extremely small, even smaller than. Oh yeah, yeah, it's um, a really small backcourt. Within even the like the Dame rumors, um, I, I love the Desmond Bain thought, but yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. Like they're gonna have to make some decisions, tough ones, um, and it's certainly gonna go you know a few different ways for the fan base. But um, yeah, I'm I'm down for a shakeup. Uh, you know. Love, love what we've been able to accomplish, but yeah, if we want to keep winning and, and utilizing the prime of Giannis, we're going to probably have to to do some things. Yeah, and to move, you know, to probably I think the last real sports headline of the summer, you know, with the Milwaukee Brewers, it's really comes down to are they going to buy or sell? Um, Brewers only a few games above five hundred. I think they can't really sell, even if they are like around this record by July. I think a the division's not going to allow it because I think the division's going to be at the cusp. I I believe more and more as we get further away from the Josh Hader trade that the Josh Hader situation got a little toxic, and mm-hmm. the the organization and him did not necessarily see eye to eye. I don't think we're heading that way with Corbin Burns. I Mitch and I I think we'll do a lot on Burns tomorrow, but I I, I think that there is a um they're just they can't sell. I just don't think you can sell. You, you will lose so many of the casual fans because it's it looks like you're punting another season mm-hmm. when you at least have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And in baseball, just like we saw in, in basketball this year, in hockey, like you never know. Once you get in, you just got to get in, and then who knows what can happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, you bring a good, a good point with the hater trade. It's like, you know, in hindsight, he, he – was diminished assets, you know, for, for the way he was pitching. Yeah. And I think the Brewers took advantage of that and got what they could. Are they going to do the same thing with Corbin Burns? He's not been the same pitcher this year. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you know, and there's certainly been a decline. There's obviously so many rumors about why that might be. Um, But you got to think, you know, Woodruff, you know, being injured, Garrett Mitchell being injured. You've got a really young core, um, that I think you can get excited about, you know, they've had some up and down, but uh, you know, you have a young core that you can, I think you can build around and you need just some of those veterans. I think Yelich has been really, really good this year, um, you know, in, in comparison to some of his other years, but maybe it is time to take advantage of, of the value you can get for Corbin Burns and, and look to get, um, you know, some other pitching and some other vets in here that, that are certainly going to help this team. Maybe not, entirely this year, but, you know, in, in the next two to three years, because I think that that might be the window for, you know, some of these young guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the window is clearly probably next year, the year prior, but I, I think if, as long as like the Bryce Trangs and the Joey Weimers, the world continue to develop, continue mm-hmm. to have moments, this Owen Miller thing's absolutely nuts, you know, <laughs> right. being from Fredonia and he's just having this unbelievable month. It's just an out of body experience. Right. And so can, can he sort of continue that and can they still, can they get just enough pitching? I think they need to make some moves. Um, Robert Gasser, who is a guy in the hater trade uh, has really come on strong in the triple a all of a sudden. So it's like, if he puts a couple more, you know, good starts together is Robert Gasser a guy that you can then bring up. I, I think I'd be hard pressed to see the Brewers sell if they are within five games of the, the the NL Central, if it really right. falls apart that in the next month, then yeah, I think we have to entertain that conversation. We have to talk about, you know, Corbin Burns and others. But I think for now it's it is a buy, but it's just a light buy. I, I don't think you wanna, you know, completely destroy this awesome farm system you have. And that's right. the thing that I think 
fans will get annoyed by and be like, well, why are Spurs making moves for the now? It's like, to your point, it's like, it's two or three years away. Like Tyler mm-hmm. Black is a legitimately good player. Jefferson Cuero, it was so good. Jackson Trio, I've talked about on this podcast so many times. Like I think Jackson Trio has a Giannis chance. I'm not saying he's going to be Giannis. I'm not saying that's what's going to end up, but he could be Giannis of, of baseball. I really believe that. And so when you have all of that, and you have a little bit of pitching too. Uh, it's it it's there. It's on the table for a couple of years to being extremely special. And yeah, maybe there's a couple of guys where you're like, all right, we don't think that they're going to level up, and we'll make a big deal because we think that the combination of the prospects plus these new assets, we're going to win. 2011 is a great example of this, right? You traded. Matt Laporta, or not Matt Laporta, uh, he was the CC trade. Trey Brett Lowry for Sean Markham. You traded multiple assets, including Lorenzo Kane, for Zach Granke, and that's what got you the division. That's one division for the first time, you know, in forever. And so we'll mm-hmm. have to see. It'll be it's a very interesting transitional period with the Brewers. It, it's similar to the Packers, but I, I think they're both kind of in that same boat where it's not really a rebuild. It, and there, there's opportunity to defy expectations yeah and just real quick like it's it's tough to you know use rebuild with them because they were never really i mean no. yeah they had they had some success but like last year obviously with with the expectations and missing the playoffs um you know it's it, it, you know it's it's always kind of a rebuild for the teams that aren't yeah. you know competing pretty consistently um so in a sense it's yes you can use the word but it's not like we were at the pinnacle and we were so close and now um, you know, now they they have to punt and kind of, you know, find other ways around. So, um, I, you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, more of a casual fan that's gone to more games, I think they've done a good job though at bringing the fan base back. Um, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit on the last one. Um, and I think that's important is, is yep. keeping the fans engaged, you know, while the team is, is still competitive and, um, and really being, you know, at the, at the top or, or at least competing for the division. So. Yeah, I think I think that is a huge, huge sort of thing, and to bring it, you know, bring that those that back in, uh, and yeah, there there's a lot that's happening at the ballpark, you know, day in day out, and I think you're getting a good experience when when you do go. Um, moving into more of the non sports, Summerfest is always the biggest thing in Milwaukee. It or biggest biggest event. I, I work with people who don't live here. I talk about Summerfest in pretty great detail, invite people out to it and say, oh, yes, the time to go, this time to go into Wisconsin. Like this is the time where you should, you should be in Wisconsin. And this will be their second year now doing the structure where they have the, the weekends. And it'll be really interesting to see if their attendance bounces back last year maybe still some uncertainty with COVID, maybe just people not understanding it. The weather is, it's so dependent on the weather, right? And can they kind of get back to that status? Because I believe Stid's the first year in a long time state fair actually had more attendance than than Mm -hmm. Summerfest. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think they did a good job. I mean, every year it comes, you know, the lineup comes out and I think they did a good job of, of balancing um, but like you said, I mean, if you have a bad weekend of weather, you know, that really crushes, right. you know, your numbers, whereas sometimes you could make up for that with, you know, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday crowds, you know, during the week. Um, 
but you know, I think kind of the way they built out the lineups, um, some of the days are more structured um, towards a certain crowd, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about is just some of the artists that are are coming and and just kind of shine some light on maybe some artists that people didn't hear. So Thursday is opening day, Thursday the twenty second. I actually get a chance to go with work for a work thing. Um, but I'm going to stay because it's more of like the electronic, um, EDM type artists. Um, I've mentioned Griffin on here. He's the headliner at the Miller light stage. Um, uh, another group that is there at six 30 is the lost Kings. Um, I've opened for oh, yeah. them. The great energy. They're there six 30. Um, Frank Walker's playing that night. Um, just some, some really good, you know, fun, um, you know, EDM electronic artists, but, um certainly there's there's just a really good balance i think of of country and some of like the one hit wonder 90s guys from kind of our you know our late 90s early 2000s era you know your yellow cards um oh mitch is gonna hate you that you said yellow cards a one uh a one hit wonder that is no not that they're not that they're a one hit wonder i I, i'm more saying you know they're they fall in that late 90s early 2000s you know category but like Sophie Tucker's another one um, that yeah. comes that if you haven't seen, I've seen Neo at Summerfest still to this day, probably the second best show concert wow. I've ever seen. Look at that. Um, yeah, I know he's going to be there. I know Young Gravy's got kind of a more of an intimate performance. He, he's going to be super popular with the kids, obviously. Oh yeah. They're, um, yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be such a mistake like that. Like there are always those guys where it's like, all right, they have a small crowd and, and then it like, like Wiz Khalifa, it's, the one year. Oh God, the Wiz Khalifa, Imagine Dragons, Girl Talk fiasco is yeah. you could write an oral history on that. Like that was an insane night. I think I was working for a radio station at the time and I didn't work that night or it might've been a year before I started, but regardless, like that's, they've done a better job of spacing those things out. Um, mm-hmm. but like there is all, yeah, there, there are always those big performances. that you mentioned country. Like, I think it's a huge country lineup with yep. Eric church, Zach Brown band, Zach Bryant. Like those are all like yep. big deal. 10 penny. Oh yeah. Um, it's just, there's a ton. And like I said, I think they do a, a good job of, of balancing that out. I, I think the, you know, the amphitheater, um, usually brings, I would say, I want to say bigger, uh, more of the the bigger hip hop acts, and if they probably don't have that this year, um, no. you know, with like Trippy Red and Boogie with a Hoodie, like you could probably ask, you know, a hundred people in our kind of age range, and they probably have no clue who that is, um, or or where any of those artists are. So that that's mm-hmm. certainly a, a tends to be, a, a you know, a younger crowd. But you know, I think you know some of the country they have, some of the other artists that are a little more underground um certainly in the hip-hop world i think make a ton of sense um right. but i think they just overall have a really good um balance and i will say i'm going to give you an exclusive Uh-oh. uh announcement Ooh. here Whoa, uh, okay. but i will be playing Summerfest july 7th all right yeah. Look at the, there we go so um you know Summerfest this year kind of did a really cool feature on milwaukee artists and just kind of some of the parties that have been you know, really successful over the years. Um, you know, non-pop is one that comes to mind. Um, I'm going to be part of the R&B night, which shout out to, to Mr. New York um, has just had such a successful run with. Um, so that'll be kind of, um, you know, a theme night there. But every every night at, uh, at I believe it's the Soundwave stage, 
kind of has a different theme. So, you know, one might be more like your EDM, you know, type group and, you know, my, my guys BG and some other guys are going to be playing that. Um, Non-pop is, you know, a lot more punk and, and, and chill stuff, certainly a house one. Um, So it, it really does a nice job of, um, kind of featuring some of the the artists and, and the DJs that have been doing it for a while and have had some success with their own parties and, and kind of their own followings. And I thought that was, you know, really, really caps off to to Summerfest for kind of really taking advantage of that. And there's a lot of talent in the city and it was, uh, you know, cool to be uh, to see that and, and certainly going to be a, a fun experience to be part of. So July 7th, 7 to midnight is, is when... Um, is is when the this you know the time slot will be i will actually be doing both that and then opening for uh mr new york at lucid lounge that same evening so i'll probably be one of the more early sets um but if you're yeah if you're there july 7th come catch a vibe um yeah and then, i mean you know bounce around see what the else con- is there or, or enjoy the, uh the, the content ideas are swirling um on this end so we'll it'll be a big day that's awesome man um very excited that we get to uh, break that news. Uh, yeah, we, you're we, don't break, we, don't, we don't break a lot of news. Um, so getting that is great. And that is exciting. Um, and make sure you're marking that in your on your calendars, July 7th, R&B night at the Soundwave stage, uh, and then Lucid Lounge after for the after party. Um, I am all in on that. Um, I would not, I will hand up R&B, not, not usually what I listen to, <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. Sure. That's okay. You know, that it, Mitchie, what Mitchie plays, I don't always like, you know, garden home. It's not, it's not for everybody is what I, we've, we've, and Mitch and I have joked about that. It's, it's all about the support and the love. So we're, we're definitely oh, there. I, I'm locked in. Like that's the meme. I'm our, I'll be there. Like that's, that's it. I forget which soccer player that is that has that meme, but that's <laughs> it. Um, No, that's exciting. Um, And really cool. Uh, So I'm happy for you. And I'm sure we'll talk more off off the pot about it, but like, uh, yeah, that's that's great, man. And yeah, Summerfest it it should be a great great stretch. Um, hopefully the weather improves. Hopefully that, and yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll do yet we'll do more pods on just looking at all the, all the stages, the artists, and and building out a guide. I think that'll be a that'd be a fun thing to do. So we'll uh, we'll put that in the in the holster. But yeah, other I don't know if there's any other summer headlines that you know you feel like need to cover we certainly can can definitely discuss more um and go but i don't know if you had anything anything else cooking uh before we move on to packer otas yeah no i um you know i i, I, I was just kind of talking thinking about some of the other stuff obviously you have some of the country shows that are going to be going on um you know country thunder is is oh, yeah. so every year um and it's some really big names going there as well. But then you have obviously towards the end of the summer, you got Drake for the very first time coming to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You've got Post Malone at Alpine Valley, which was kind of shocking when I when I it was announced. Um, but totally on par for for Post Malone, right? You know, you think you you know you see the name and you're like, oh, he's going to be at, at Pfizer. Um, and uh, and then you see he's at Alpine Valley, and so it just it, it's just, just funny, but he makes just sense. does he just does his own thing, man. I mean yeah. that is that's there. I mean it's also crazy that he's doing it on July the fifteenth because that's the same day as Foo Fighters in Milwaukee for the yeah, Harley show, for the Harley Fest, right? And then you Green Day the night before, like that's a massive weekend in the southeast Wisconsin. I'm actually in the in the Dells. 
uh, for that weekend. But it's it's still a massive one for everybody else. And having the Post Malone as well as all of that, and Drake is a is a big one. I I definitely I mean, I've been, I don't know how much I haven't looked at tickets or things like that, but I feel like that that is one to go to just because he's never been here. Um, yeah. And this will be his first time. And who knows? Maybe it's his last one for, you know, 10 years or something like that. But I I, I would expect you get a good show from Drake. I, I think, you know, he is a one of the biggest cultural stars of, of our generation. I was actually having a debate in a party bus yeah, uh, last fr- Saturday about if Drake's cultural influence is as big as Kanye's was, you know, when we mm-hmm. were growing up. And some people were like, oh, it's too fragmented. Drake doesn't have that that weight. Drake doesn't carry that weight. And I don't think I agree with that. I feel like yeah, anytime I Drake puts I think I, anytime Drake puts out music, everybody has feedback. Everybody has commentary. Everybody's going to listen to it on Spotify and have an have an opinion on whatever Drake puts out. And I think with with Drake, he's more connected to his fans than I think Kanye was. 100%. Um, like, and he just connects with that generation too. Um, you know, obviously he does a ton of content. He's always betting. You know, he's he's got a lot of that stuff going, and I think he just connects differently um, to uh, to his fans than Kanye did. kind of in in his era. Um, but yeah, so I I did look at tickets. Um, he's probably one of the only artists that you could get me that, that I would, you know, pay legitimate, legitimate money for these days. Um, and, and I mean, you're getting decent seats in like three, $400 range, which mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but, um, you know, he's, he's, you know, an artist that, you know, we came up on right. And, in and mm-hmm. really middle, uh, the end of our kind of high school career. And, and certainly, um, till now he's been doing it that long. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to be going to that one. Uh, wife gave me the okay to, you know, she probably won't go, but, you know, if I wanted to go and go with a friend, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how many more I got. Yeah. The, <laughs> um, as far as like the, the late night, big time concerts. Yeah. Um, it's what a third, it's a Thursday night too, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so I'm going to ex- explore that and, 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 you know, hopefully that that'll be, you know, one of the last big, big concerts I see. So we'll see. Right. I mean, it's talk about a, a August for Pfizer. They have Paramore on the first. They have mm-hmm. Drake on the, on the third. Stevie Nicks on the eighth. Yep. They have, oh, no, it's a little baby on the 18th. I didn't know little baby. Would, well, I guess I, yeah, I should know that little baby big enough to call up Pfizer. And yeah, and the amphitheater also has, a bunch of uh, a bunch of shows as well um, in August. So it doesn't end necessarily with just uh, just Summerfest. And, you know, you have uh, Lumineers playing, you have Jelly Roll, which I didn't realize that Jelly Roll Whew, was big we enough just to play. about that guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yellow just had an incredible, Yellow... incredible no, like... He just had an incredible incline of, yeah. of his career. I think Bustin' with the Boys talked about it yeah. recently too. Is just mm-hmm. like the the steady incline and just the rapid incline that that guy has had. Yeah, um, it's just been really fun to watch. But and you get and at the end of end of August, you go Offspring, some forty one, and Simple Plan. Like talk about pop punk, uh, pop punk throwback there. 
So I was I, before we we were talking about Post Malone. There is there was one other festival, Rock Fest, happens that same oh, yeah. weekend in Kadat. Pantera, Slipknot, Godsmack are the three headliners, and then you have Ice Cube, um, you have Papa Roach, you have Everclear, you know Guar. Like some people might know that. Oh, but... Guar, Guar is crazy. Guar has all the <laughs> yeah. costumes and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For for the uh, Viva La Bam uh, followers, you'll know Guar. But I mean, that's just another festival going on that same that july 13 14 15th weekend so Fucking tons nuts, going on man. uh man no shortage of of artists coming to uh wisconsin over the next couple months yeah no it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great um and and definitely you know something to to look forward to and it'll it'll be a lot of fun i i think you know obviously the city itself has sort of got out of the covid and everything and the worries of it all. It really wasn't even a big deal in 2021 when the Bucks, you know, did what they did. And it's, I think it'll just continue. And I, I think you, it's, there isn't a better time. And you just, you catch those summer nights here and there. And whether it's, you know, downtown or it's in the suburbs, I still think you're, you know, just as long as you're getting outside and you're having those good times and, and just fine and just not wasting those, those, Saturdays, those Fridays, because you only get probably it's kind of like the football season, right? Like my wife saw, I was like, why do you care so much? Why does, you know, it matter? And I was like, well, you know, if the Packers don't make the playoffs, I have 17 weeks of this. And that's kind of the thing with summer. It's like, you don't really want to just be staying in your house, even if it's just doing date nights and shit like that. You just can't, can't stay mm-hmm. in your house, uh, you know, kind of starting this weekend. Yeah. I mean, there, like I said, there's, there's always something to do in the summer. I think Milwaukee has just done such a really good job of, of you know, the events that they have going on, just the different areas. No question about it. You know, everything around the Pfizer is, is um, there's so much going on. There's so much kind of being built. Um, that's why, you know, makes, you know, summers in Milwaukee great. And even like you said, even in the Burbs, there's enough going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, shit, this this weekend is is certainly kind of the the kickoff, if you will, to to really what summer in Milwaukee is like. And the weather this weekend is going to be awesome. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. at a couple cold days this week, and then back to back to hot temps, which we, which we like and appreciate. All right, let's uh, head back to sports with the Green Bay Packers, and OTAs are going on right now. Uh, that this is sort of a, I think, a weird time uh, in terms of paying attention on Twitter because you saw today that Rogers was hurt. He tweaked the calf, yeah. whatever. Sure. Like, uh, uh, Aaron, yes, I mean, conspiracy. You, you put on that tinfoil hat, uh, which we do on the show many a time. You could say that that was an easy way for Aaron Rodgers to be like, ah, I'm done with OTAs. I just, I, I look good. I the, look two, pretty. the two that he was gonna attend, right? Yeah, now yeah, all of a sudden he doesn't have to, right? And then Alan Lazard left, but he put on Twitter that he just got hit in the nuts, um, and <laughs> didn't, didn't get reported back. Uh, but like, you're going to have those little injury things. You're going to have those, you know, moments where everyone looks good. You're going to have those rough practices. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing to like get expectations, but I I think, you know, we talked about earlier about the rate, the positional races, whether it's safety, whether it's offensive tackle, whether it's just getting an idea of where these wide receivers are going to stick. I think to me, that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm paying attention to are those different positional groups. Um, and that's sort of the thing that I have my eye on. Um, and I uh, will kick it to you and, and see what you're, what you're paying attention to here with the OTA period. 
Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, obviously Jordan Love is, you know, the low hanging fruit. That's the easy one. Um, I, I think I saw it in an article today. They they didn't have a great practice just because it sounds like Lafleur wanted to really test the guys. And I, I, it sounds like he was calling the plays on the fly during the 11-11 mm -hmm. um, just to kind of test out the young guys, see where they were at, see where Jordan's head was at. And, and Jordan made a, a good comment. It was like, this is where we need to get those um, those mistakes out. This is where we need to test things out see what we can do, see where we're at, kind of give us a gauge and, uh, and go from there. It's, it's, you can't overreact to any of this stuff. We're so far wow. on so far out. I think just making it through here, making it through these periods with a healthy team and in, in, you know, intact um, the structure of, of what we think these groupings of receivers, offensive line, defense, you know, defensive backs, what that looks like. Um, I am interested in in kind of the cornerback situation, um, you know, just the way they've talked about it, how they're so excited just to see Eric Stokes walking, uh, you know, into the facilities is a bit concerning. I, I know. Oh yeah, it is that this this injury might be worse than they're letting on. Um, it, which, I mean, it, it, can can I interrupt? Like it yeah, was yeah. like it, yeah. it is. It's like he had a knee and a foot surgery. He had a list Frank injury, which is a bad, bad foot mm -hmm. injury. And they're like, he's hoping he can regain his speed. Right. Like that's that sends red flags to me. And we talked about what might be a June 1st thing. It might be getting a corner because to just make sure like, hey, if Eric Stokes is bad, we all of a sudden the depth at corner is not that strong. Yeah. You know, you can look at on the on paper, if Eric Stokes is Eric Stokes. We, we have a really deep cornerback room, but if Eric Stokes is, you know, a, you know, loses his speed and loses sort of that mojo, no, like that's not a guy you can put on the football field. Which is kind of surprising that they didn't really go after that in the draft, no. uh, you know, much, you know, and obviously they signed some safeties, but going into it, you, you probably knew, um, obviously Carrington Valentine is like really the only guy, but you He's seventh round pick. He, he might not even be on the roster, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, um, you know, it's surprising that that knowing what they knew, kind of going into that, that they didn't maybe add some depth with that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they're just they're 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 trying to play it off that way, and they and might have maybe have some hope. But right, um, like you said, there there might need to be some uh, some moves here. Um, you know, pre pre or excuse me, post June June one. Um, to add some depth there because yeah, who knows what he looks like when he comes back. Um, you know, if he loses a step, you know, are they able to really, you know, utilize him or is he going to need quite a bit of ramp up time and, and we're one injury away. Um, obviously we've seen that with Jair and, and Russell's not, you know, getting younger, um, that, you know, it could, you know, one thing could be pretty detrimental to that group. So, right. um, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 you know, first Jordan love, you know, the health and, and the groupings of, in my opinion, the offensive line and it kind of where this, this defensive back field lines up, what, what that all looks like, um, you know, to I, me kind of coming out of OTAs. Yeah. And I think that sums it up nicely. I also think just the continued Packer feeling of disrespect, like Aaron Jones said that today, like, you know, he's like, we're not, we're not rebuilding. We're not this. We are, you know, I don't know who they're talking to. Their opinion stinks. Like, I really think there is an edge to this team, um, at least to start the year. I don't know if you can play with that edge 
the entire year, but I think at least to start, they're going to want to make a statement. I think there is a, you know, I, I really hope they beat the Paris week one. I mean, yeah. that's such a, it's, I was thinking about it today. Like it's such a big game and we'll talk so much more about it, but like you think about it, like if the Packers win that football game and Jordan loves awesome in it, like the whole like bear psyche of, Oh my God, here we go. We finally got it. We were yeah. finally going to get him. There's like, and there's going to be legitimate MVP hype for Justin Fields, which is fucking ridiculous. And yet, and if he fails in that moment against the Packers, like, oh my God, like it's, it, but if it's the op, what's the opposite? What if Justin Fields looks like a complete stud, tears up Joe Barry's defense, Jordan loves struggles, throws multiple interceptions, then the Bears hype train goes off the fucking rails. So, you know, it could be either or. We'll, we'll have to see. Long way to go. Yeah, I mean, I hate I hate using the term, but like we talked about, <laughs> Jordan Love doesn't have really, from a the you know playbook perspective, he's he's got a very short you know ramp up time. He he should know this inside yeah. offense inside and out. It's going to be what he puts you know on the field. Um, but I almost wonder, does he have a more that I talk about it is like. These are going to be the first real play, you know, games he's played in. Does he have more of a leash than 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 we Maybe. think? He um, probably he probably does. He probably you know, does. It's like, guys, relax. This isn't Rogers. This is you're, you know Jordan Love. This is year one. Trying to I get down, it. Trying I get, to settle down our group chat. Like yeah, freaking yeah, out. Like, it's, yeah. it's like we're he's gonna he's gonna take time, but um, you know, I wonder if if that's there. But yeah, again, it, we went back to it. Is just kind of the excitement around what what he's going to bring and i think you know seeing him kind of take that lead role and, and be a leader is something that rogers was not you know there's that argument of you know should your quarterback be your leader and um certainly you got guys like bach and 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 aaron jones but i think once he gets more confident he's gonna be that vocal leader and mm-hmm. it's just something we haven't had really no. um i would say even you know since the brett Favre years because because Roger just was not that guy. Yeah, and uh, I think you know, yeah, and we'll we'll have to see. It's going to be an awesome summer, and hopefully, you know, nothing real bad happens, and it's just you stay the course, keep pushing forward. Uh, I I think we talked a lot about you know the music and the festivals, but I think for the summer there there you have a different approach at the bar, uh, whether you're at the club visiting you, whether it's at Sophie, whether it's at Revel or at Lucid, I think there is a different approach to going out in the summertime. I I think there are ways to play it. I think for me personally, like my big things are number one, I'm I'm drinking a lot more vodka in the summer. Um, I, I, I am a weird, weird one like that. I know some people like drink the same thing all, all, all year. Mm -hmm. I drink a copious amount of vodka sodas during the summertime. It's just very refreshing, especially when it's really hot and you're like, sit, you're on a patio, like a harp or something. And you, you know, you need that sort of refreshing drink like that with a little bit of lime. Perfect. Um, I, I, because I don't care because I'm married. Uh, I wear flip flops at the bar. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm sorry. Actually, like, not to divulge, go further, but I, I've lost my flip flops for like two weeks in my house. I have no idea where they are, and it's it's been awful. Like, I, I love wearing flip flops in the summer, 
Um, similar to that, you know, you only have a certain amount of, of summer weekends. Like I have a certain amount of time to wear flip-flops. This is it. Right. And I'm not, I don't get that opportunity. So breaking my heart. Uh, but anyways, like, yeah, those are some of the, and also I guess the last thing I do is I also try really hard not to wear shirts where if I sweat, I'm going to look like complete shit. Cause I, your boy, a little bit of a sweater. I can't, I can't have myself looking like Sean Miller on the sidelines of, of an NCAA tournament game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely like a different approach in in most people's minds. Um, it's certainly a, it's more for the casuals, I think. Um, yeah, like totally. because it's schools out, kids aren't. You know, there's you know a ton of the the city, you know, and and the populations and where people are going, like all that obviously takes a little bit of a dip. Um, but you have more of, of, you know, I don't want to say necessarily the casual, but maybe an older crowd, right. That, that yeah. are enjoying the patios. Maybe they're out a little bit earlier. Um, you know, that's yeah, more not day that, drinking. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I guess I'd have to take a look, but like you, you kind of feel in, in similar, in similar ways to like when it's really cold, that there's a change in, in some of like the nightclubs, right. And the scene, it's, it's maybe not as strong, Certain weekends, obviously, like when you have Summerfest going on, those weekends crush. Um, typically, like your your Memorial Day weekend is it's either it's one or the other. It's either it's slammed or it sucks. I've I've been on both sides of it. Um, the first time I ever played Mojo um, was oh. Memorial Day weekend two years ago, and it was it was brutal. Um, but I played I played ones that are are really busy. Um, I played Fourth of July's that are both you know both sides, and I think it just depends where you're at. Um, like you said, you get, you know, there's, you know, a ton of patios, you know, there's, you know, want of people want to be drinking on the river. They want to be, you know, out in the sun, enjoying that. Um, like I said, they're going to be out earlier. They're not going to be, uh, you, you know, the, the night owls necessarily there, there will be that, but um, there's definitely a shift in, in the crowds that you see, you know, from, you know, pretty much June to, to August or early, early August. Do you have to change your approach with how you DJ in the summer? Do you have to like play music that might be a little more like top 40, a little bit more sing along because of that, what you just said, like that this is a different crowd. This is a different energy. Like they might not know some of the deeper stuff that I'm going to play, or do you just kind of keep doing your thing and they just sort of get on board or have you never (laughs) even thought? No, um, no, it's a good point. I think, you know, as a DJ, as corny as it sounds, it's like, it's kind of our job to read the room. Um, and if you're playing an older crowd, then you're probably actually playing less of those sing-along things. Cause that's, that's more of like the college crowds. They want, you know, the Kelly Clarkson's, the Katy Perry type shit. Um, where that is just, that's wedding type. I feel like yeah. that's very wedding type shit right. for, for the older, you know, you know, people that are going out. Um, so you can, I mean, you kind of, just, I, I don't change up too much. I don't, I don't think too far into it. I, I would say I play a little bit less of that, um, but it all depends on <clears throat> the venue that you're playing at. Um, you know, I, I really don't switch up much. I think this weekend will be a kind of a good barometer um, just because I'm at three very different places mm-hmm. um, as far as like what to expect. You know, the Thursday crowd's probably going to be, you know, lean more young, but you're hoping that potentially, you know, people have, you know, long, Friday either, off. They they post just, Friday, or yeah, they're just like before. yeah, they're they're just like you know what the the checks in the mail like we're right. we're done with the week like no no reason that that I think that is a low key uh fun night out for yep. a lot of people. 
I also will say too, like with the music, I don't think at this point we have a song of the summer. Now I think song of the summer has gotten bastardized because of, we talked about the fragmentation with Drake. Like there's so much fragmentation in music now where it's, it's really hard to find that universal song that everybody likes. I yeah. mean, I was listening to like, I kind of was doing some prep and listening to like the Spotify today top hits. And I was like, you know what? There really isn't like anything that I would say is like a leader in the clubhouse. Like Miley Cyrus's flowers has been out forever now. Um, I feel like uh, maybe, you know, Princess Diana with Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj could mm-hmm. be in that realm. I think David Guetta, um, The Baby Don't Hurt Me is is popular and gaining steam. Um, David Guetta has just figured out a avenue of just sampling old <laughs> 90s songs and yep. just making them hits, which I don't hate. Um, I, you know, and uh, but yeah, I. I don't know if you feel like there is a, a leader in the clubhouse with that. Those are like the ones that I feel like are there, but it's not. I don't think we've had one where like, yeah, that one everybody's listening to. Yeah, I'll give you one. Um, and I got to shout, shout out my boy Tony because he showed me this song. Um, it's All My Life, uh, the J. Cole and Lil Durk Oh, song. yeah, yeah, that um, is a good song. It's a really good song. It's it's still pretty new, but it's it's – I mean, it's blew blew up pretty quickly and it's really, it's different for both of them, you know, as far as, um, the style, uh, it's, it's just very good, fun vibe, um, uses a really old sample and, uh, not really a club song, but, uh, just a good vibey song. Um, like that one might be an early nominator or nomination, I, I would say for, for me. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's, you know, there's one that like stands out. I mean, a lot of them kind of probably started at the end of last year and kind of carry over obviously. But um yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's the one we come back to um in a couple yeah, of weeks so or, or, July. or towards the end of the summer and say, hey, we we this is what we we landed on or this was our, you know, our song. So I always I always like I've told the story before, but I have I have for a little bit uh, I had a stretch there where I was predicting songs of the summer and I was getting really good at it. Um call me maybe <laughs> was maybe my best call ever. Um, where it started because I remember hearing Call Me Maybe for the first time in late March and I was like this is the song's going to be incredible the song is just going to go um, similar when Daft Punk's Get Lucky came out I was like all right yeah this is the song is just universally liked and everyone's going to play it and it and it was for a while there and I think it's yeah we'll see if something emerges um, I, I think obviously with the popularity of TikTok, with you know Instagram reels, like if that's really where it's going to probably start. And the question mm-hmm. is, is like, you know, you just never know. Like, I, I mean, we didn't know Meg the Stallion would be Megan the Stallion would be anything popular, and then you know puts out uh, Savage, and Savage is this huge TikTok, huge Instagram thing. I think that was that twenty twenty one that that came out. Um, but that was definitely the song in the summer in that year. And then she blew up from there and it, mm-hmm. and that happens so often. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, Lizzo is another one where it wasn't necessarily that I think that was 2019 where her, she just started to blow up. I don't know if I'd qualify her song as a song of summer, but where I saw her in concert with my wife at the amphitheater or not at the amphitheater at like the, the Harley stage. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like you, that's what one of those cool things I think, that summer fest gives you that opportunity where you're like, Oh, I saw that person because as they were just getting popular. Um, yeah, then, they do a good you know, job with, with discovering artists. Oh, totally. Um, that are kind of flying on the radar, but 
but certainly have the the trajectory that they can see being you know a star in in whatever um you know musical kind of genre they're in yeah no doubt uh all right let's finish up with the Milwaukee Bucks and I ranked coaches yesterday you didn't listen to the pod uh, shame on you but I had it as Atkinson Nurse Griffin uh where where are you at um, who knows when this decision come it could come today could already be listening there's a books coach but where do you where do you sort of rank it in terms of the um the, you know the the three coaches that's down to yeah um I, I and I will say I'll just kind of back up there were other coaches I think that I was you know you and I had talked about it warmed up to um mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Quinn would have been a nice, you know, I would have been happy with that. I, I was warming up to Monty Williams. He wasn't my favorite. Um, yeah, you built a great case up, on Twitter. But I was warming up to to him. Um, and I think I've done the same thing with Nick Nurse. Um, I just feel like this, and it's not by much, but I would say Nurse, Atkinson, um, Griffin. Okay. Um, I, I, I think the Bucks need somebody that has – has kind of you know has been there um had success you, you obviously you go back to um 2019 now granted a different team um bucks were up 2-0 in that series right and you know nick nurse found a way to get the most out of his guys mainly Kawhi, um to come back and beat that bucks team um i i think some of the stuff that he you know had to kind of deal with this year you, you look at the construction of that roster you see the regression of Scotty Barnes who did not take the leap that most people thought he would oh um, sophomore so yep yep you get you know Fred Vedvit was very inconsistent really all year Pascal Siakam probably played himself into getting a, a bigger contract whether it's with Toronto or in or in a trade um but they just had these guys that just they just kind of threw together, you know, you still had like Chris Boucher playing and then they, they traded and bring up Jacopoto mid, mid of the year. Um, you know, Gary Trent, who was really outside of Van Vliet was really their only perimeter threat. Um, you know, some of that goes on nurse, right. Is it's trying to make, make it work with the guys you have. But um, I, I think the bucks need a name and I, and I hate to say that because he's a good coach, but I, he comes with having that, you know, kind of big national name, um, Kenny Atkins has been doing it for a long time, had some success, um, you know, a couple of different spots and you, you love the, the pedigree that he comes from winning culture in golden state. I think they're, you know, very much a, a West coast version or, or we're the Midwest East coast version of golden state. Um, but I think, I think we need a guy who's ready to take a, like literally ready to step in and say, we are going to be. NBA champs, or we're going to be there in consideration every year. And I think that that's Nick nurse. Um, and I wouldn't be upset with a Kenny Atkinson hire. I, I wasn't, I'm really not there with Griffin. Um, no. but I think the, those two guys are at the top of my list. I will say, did, did they even announce nurse as a, as a candidate or that they were interviewing him? He kind of just no. flew under the radar. And, well, that's um, it. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the whole like Moj interview thing was just, all of these agents were like, hey, look, our guy interviewed with the Bucks. And and as it was pointed out in a Journal Sentinel article, the Bucks sometimes just met with these guys for an hour, whether it was a courtesy mm-hmm. of a player or an agent or something else. Like it wasn't, you know, the Mark Jackson thing was probably just because his agent were, I think he's a clutch guy. So it's like just trying to keep clutch happy and say, all right, we interviewed him. Like 
they're doing them a favor. And then when it comes around, maybe it works out. Um, I think with Nick Nurse, uh, my own, I, as I said on the pie yesterday, my only concern is just he's a little bit of an asshole. And I don't mean it in the sense of like, plays the guy too many minutes. He's tough on his guys during the game. That shit's fine. It's the calling guys out in the media. It's like airing that shit out. And I, I if that like affects Giannis and that affects Giannis's future, like that's a massive mistake. And I, yeah. but maybe he learned from it, right? Like sometimes those, really smart coaches can, um, you know, think through like what the, um, what basically what, what's sort of next and to, and say like, all right, we'll learn from my mistakes. And yeah, he's, you know, I look at Bill Belichick, right. I mean, that's like the ultimate example, but like Bill Belichick first, first job did not go well. Um, and he, it didn't nurse first job went way better, but then the second, job you know he's this fucking stud mm-hmm. and he learned from some of those mistakes i think nurse would maybe need a little more time off because i think he would be like oh i'm validated for like all the things i did it's just the raptors were sick of me um yeah. but i i don't know i that's the only part that i like have it i also curious curious i'd be a flying i would love to be a flying room and hear Giannis's opinion on both guys because i have to think he's been consulted and yeah I have to think, and I guess it would be weird if, like, what if Giannis was pushing for Adrian Griffin and they were, like, having to tell Giannis, like, hey, we – He's can't. our number three, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, that that gets very awkward. The thing I think about real quickly is with, with the way that they defended Giannis in that 2019 series, like, it was like, oh, shit, they unlocked something with how to how to guard Giannis. You know, it was, right. it was, it was hard to see. So you hope he brings that to – you know, to, to us, if, you know, should he be the higher? I also think that maybe you need an asshole, you know, from time to time. Yeah, I feel like Bud was absolutely. a pushover, you know, in, in certain circumstances and maybe wasn't that vocal of a guy. So I think to challenge some of those guys, is not a bad thing. Um, and, and I think that's what he gives you. Um, and I will say, and I'll position it to you real quickly. Who would you be more upset of those two guys to be coaching for Philly? Oh, good question. Probably Nick Nurse. Okay. That's, I mean, that's an awesome question. That's an awesome way to phrase it. I haven't really thought about it that way. Um, as someone who announced their endorsement for Kenny Atkinson yesterday, makes me feel a little bit different. Uh, but yeah. you're right. Like, I think if Philly got Nick Nurse, I I don't think I'd like it. But I also think with Philly, Philly, I don't I mean, know who if they knows can, what that team looks well, like. Well, I right? just don't know if they can handle an asshole. Like, I think they are charm and soft. They told them, like, hey, Jimmy Butler's mean to us. We need Jimmy Butler (laughs) off this team. And it potentially is this franchise-altering, like, there is a complete what-if if if Jimmy Butler stays. And, you know, do the Sixers have have a title? And they just built this culture of losing. And, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. They go with Mike D'Antoni. Um... I think Embiid's going to get traded. I really do. I actually wouldn't hate that um, for the for the Bucks. Um, yeah, know, no, it uh, it opens. I'm not a big Dan Tony guy. That's probably just because I I was not a huge fan of him. Um, you know when he, you know when he was with Houston and some of the time he he shared with uh, a recent retiree. Um, yeah, in, in the US, but yeah, um, yeah, so yeah about that but guy. I mean, 
and he hasn't been a head coach in in some time, so I don't no. know if if his offensive approach still works. But he's seven. I mean, he's seventy fucking one. He's my dad's age. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that doesn't. I don't know if that works. Uh, well, uh, any more on the box before we let you? You know, we give you a five to talk about your guy Carmelo Anthony. No, no. Um, yeah, I, I hope they make a decision soon. Um, ideally tonight or today. Yeah, I'd, I'd um, hate, before the weekend I'd, would be great. But I'd hate to lose out to Phoenix or Philly, and I, 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 I have to believe that they're doing all the interviews today. They did it either today or yesterday, and the white smoke's going to clear, and there's going to be an offer letter made. And I think they beat them unless you know Philly tries to come over the top or Phoenix tries to come over the top. Kevin Durant has spoke highly about Nick Nurse. I think for Nick Nurse, like, it really comes down to if he does have three offers in front of him, do you want the superstar who is going to listen to you all the time, that's not going to bitch you out on social media, uh, not have a crazy owner, um, and have a first time, yeah, like, yeah, first time owner, owner, and have a stable front office. The only thing Phoenix gives you is you have nice weather the entire, entire year. That's yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing is you just want you want them to make the decision and not not be, you know, losers in the timing of when, you know, when the announcement was made, because you would hate to lose out on on your guy because you, you, you got does, either cold feet or you just sat on your hands. It doesn't seem like it, though. I think like we and but it's also like how why the fuck is. Why haven't we heard anybody interviewing for the Sixers job? Why have, I think Nurse was the only one. It, is, it has been it has been very eerie. Why haven't quiet. we Why haven't we heard anything for the Suns? Why are the Bucks the only ones getting leaked? That's just another like conspiracy thing. That's yeah. I think it's partly because Woj has no sources here, and so Woj has to fish um, because the Bucks have shut down Woj after the <laughs> Bogdanovich fiasco. Deserving All right. So. As we wrap up today's show, this has nothing to do with Wisconsin sports or Wisconsin music, but Shannon's favorite player, Carmelo Anthony. Tired from the NBA. Uh, Shannon, Mello, your guy. I mean, I think when I remember in 20, 2003, I was so in the bag from Marquette. I gave you a lot of shit. Um, we were going to school together, and Mello wins the title. I remember the Hemorrhage block. That was one of the better NCAA tournament finals. Uh, but, like, just, you know, your thoughts, obviously, on the career being over for Mello. Yeah, it was a you know a little bittersweet. I think just the, you know, not to sound bitter, but I think just some of the blackballing that went on over the kind of the last year or two um, with him kind of made it easier. Um, you know that it, it kind of you kind of saw it, the, that the end was coming. He was at peace with it, which makes which just makes it so much easier to take. Um, but to give just a quick background, um, you know, my dad's from Syracuse. My family, his his family's from Syracuse, so I've always been. A Syracuse guy and it was just you know up up there with the Bucks winning a title I the Bucks probably take the spot but having Syracuse win the national champion you know the championship in, in 2003 and him being you know the catalyst for that you know I was a diehard fan of his you know from that day even early on when you know you think of like the Oak Hill days and and him playing um, LeBron in high school. And that was really the very first high school game that was ever um, broadcast on, on TV. It was actually a company I, I worked for um, in Chicago, but um, yeah, it's, it was bittersweet 
but just brought some great memories. I I saw him play, you know, numerous times, a few times when he was in Portland. Um, I saw him in Milwaukee and um, yeah, just, just somebody that brought joy. Um, you know, you think of like a Jimmy Butler, a guy that goes to Marquette and can bring a, a title, you know, you're going to be a, a, you know, a guy for him, no matter if he's on your team or not. Um, and uh, yeah, sad day, but I'm excited to kind of see the growth of, of Key and Anthony, his son. And, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to get bigger offers. Um, even though Syracuse has been doing some incredible things in the portal, it would be really cool to see him follow in, uh, in Melo's footsteps and go to Syracuse in two years, but we'll see. And um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to just kind of be all Giannis now as, as kind of the the only guy, my only, you know, number one guy cheering for. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, it's, I, I think whenever you lose a guy that you're inherently close too, as a sports fan, it's it's a it's a weird moment. Brian Braun for me was the last one where I probably felt the way you do right now, and it's 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 a yeah, it's it. There's you'll always remember those times, and there be those moments where all of a sudden you watch a video and you're like, oh yeah, that's right, that happened. And it's too bad that Mello didn't necessarily get the maybe the the journey that he we had hoped for, and that. He never got to that finals. He, you know, never, you know, experienced that. And yeah, I the one the one thing I I kind of regret is like he didn't get his his last dance, you know, kind of season, no, if you will. Unfortunately, not. Um, and there are so many that do in the NBA because yeah. these guys these guys latch on, and who knows? And we we and I know you mentioned the black wall, but who knows? Maybe there is a story there where he wanted to be close to his kid, and because yeah. of that, there were certain jobs like. Didn't want to play for the Bucs, just using the Bucs as an example. I'm not saying the Bucs wanted to yeah, Anthony, yeah. but like that sort of thing where it's like, oh, I didn't want to go there because I wanted to be close to my child. So we'll we'll see. I think, you know, he's doing the FIBA ambassador. I think he, you know, has the opportunities. I think he's very well liked. Um, there was a great Jordan ad uh, for him during the game today. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, it, you know, the legacy of Melo obviously will live with the son. I think it will live on. And I also think, I think, I guess he was salty that his number didn't get retired in Denver. Um, I don't see anything wrong with having two fifteens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, we talked a little bit about it, how that was, you know, who's, who's going to get it now. Obviously the the day he retires is the day that, you know, the nuggets get to the the finals for the first time, but Mark Malone even mentioned, you know, Melo's a nugget for life, you know, once a nugget, always a nugget. Um, so that was pretty cool, but you know, Early on, he had. I'll just finish with this. I think early on in his career, he, you know, made some mistakes and and you know was young and you know dumb and and you know just didn't have the leaders behind him. But you know, towards the end of his career, you mentioned it was really well liked. I thought you know he handled kind of his situation with Grace, um, you know, towards the end of his career and is is well respected in the NBA. And I think when you're back and you're behind somebody like that. And you look at Giannis, like that's those are the faces of of the people you you want for the NBA, and certainly easy um, you know players to be fans of. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well said. Well, that will do it for today. Um, make sure you're checking out Shake On this weekend. Uh, Lucid on Thursday night, Revel on Friday night, and Sophie on Saturday. Who knows? Maybe maybe you'll see my my beautiful mug on on Saturday night. Uh, we'll just have to see. But nice. take care, and we will be back tomorrow with Mitch, another tap in the keg. And, yeah, it's guest week back again. We're back. I, I've, I've been carrying the load too much too long. No, I'm kidding. 
Um, I will. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow, and uh, we'll we'll do another keg jam sooner rather than later. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.